0: The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN.
2: All right, I have my second complaint now about Brett Yormark as the Big 12 commissioner. Of course, the football—the the, the first one was changing the football tiebreaker rules. Two weeks left in the regular season.
3: Mm.
2: Number two is I'm really annoyed about how slow the Big 12 Sports website is now. Because like I always like to open up here on my computer, pull up the stats just in case I need them. K State stats, Big 12 stats, and it takes three minutes to load any page. Mm. So I'm kind of over it now.
3: Dude, nobody said he he was writing code, all right, Mitch? Give him a break.
2: I I know it's not our internet. We got pretty solid internet here. We
3: do. We do.
2: So, you know, who has a slow
0: website these days? No doubt. I've never been a fan of that current structure of the website anyway. In terms of its design. But that's me.
2: That's how I am every it's, it's time clunky. ESPN.com changes something. Mm-hmm. Like the previous look, I was like, why did you change that? I felt like it was perfect. Yeah. And now I've come along to, you know, in the, the current way they have it now, it's been that way for seven years. But it took me a while to get used to it. What's with airplane food? <laughs> what is the deal? Hey, listen, I'm a somebody <laughs> that uh, did not grow up or I shouldn't say grow up. I didn't I wasn't on a plane until I was fifteen. But I've never in my life had a meal on an airplane.
0: Same, same. Seriously, same.
2: Like same. I figured, Troy. You know, he's no. been doing this for a while. No,
3: Troy's a jet setter, so we figured he. But yeah, no. Never. I mean, snacks—the little bags of that's it.
0: That that yeah, or whatever was brought on mm-hmm. for for meals for team
2: if we were on a charter. So you never experienced the days like, all right, we got meatloaf, we got no. chicken. What do we
3: got, chicken or chicken? No, nope. I wish. Never.
0: I wish. I want that.
2: What about smoking on a plane? You ever, um, you, you ever been on one of those? I, I think that actually ended in the '80s.
0: It, it started to wind down in the '80s. So okay. yeah, um, never traveled as a kid on a plane. The only time that I traveled as a as a relative youngster was. Uh, was a flight from Topeka to Denver, to KCI to Denver, back when they flew out of uh, Forbes. Much like what our situation here is with, you know, flying either to Chicago or to Dallas. Um, But, yeah. That was still when Stapleton, by the way, was the airport. Hmm. So you got the landing over the interstate.
2: Whoa, now that'd be cool. It's funny how we jumped from the Big 12 website to to yes. flying his kids. Never <laughs> ever get Ball. that... <laughs> Mr. Curveball over well, here. Well, he has that Getting Sidetracked podcast. First he's sure he's really good uh-huh. at this.
3: Dude, yep. So what I do, baby. I'm just covering for a boy, Brett Yormark, dude, because I don't want people <laughs> talking about the giant mess that is the Big 12 Conference. Well, and he got website. The
2: Undertaker. The Undertaker, I guess, is going to be presenting the MVP trophy, which is going to be a title belt WWE is making.
3: Was that who you thought it was going to be? Do you remember? Well, I, I,
2: didn't, I didn't have a necessarily a uh, an opinion on who it might be, but it doesn't shock me because The Undertaker is a huge Texas fan. Oh, Mm-hmm. He loves Texas. He was on college game day once upon a time when Texas hosted LSU. Ooh, come on I don't, I don't know if he was a guest come on pokes. Let's go. I don't know if he was a guest picker, but he was there to talk. Wow. How about that character? How about the Times Square plan? I don't know what the, I, time,
0: I hear time about Times that. Square tailgating. They're going to be showing the game on the video boards in Times Square. Whoa. Listen, Times Square is full of tourists from Sweden. Maybe They're not, so. They wouldn't care less. Maybe so, but it is... it is it. It, it's at least a
2: good use of the video boards. They so. could not care less about the Big 12 championship game. I'm uh,
3: going to hit, gonna hit uh, gu- what, a Bubba Gump shrimp? Yep. And then I'm going to go. Here's an Applebee's. <laughs> I'm going to get a real New York oh slice. Go to Samaro. Samaro.
2: <laughs> Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David real G., and Travion Uh Hour two. You know, I was thinking about doing mitch in vegas because there will not be a show tomorrow troy will have a manhattan girls and boys doubleheader and Hayes. Whoa. Uh depending on if they win or lose will affect our show friday there's a possibility they'll have a show friday but we'll see hmm. you never know what will happen with uh, high school hoops um so we may do it we may not do it we'll see but i got the games out there at mitch the Ford on twitter if you want to go vote now but we'll talk or roberts and k-state the cats and uh golden eagles Sora with the eagle is Golden Eagle Casino, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they got overtime last night. Cats win it by ten. All Big Twelve football honors out today as well. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will join us at four forty. And guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means? AEW Dynamite tonight from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'd like to see how uh, AEW responds with their first show post. CM Punk returning to WWE for the first time in nine years and ten months.
0: Whoa. This is serious. That wouldn't surprise you the other night? No.
2: No. Rumors got out there. Got WWE it. tried to do what they could to quiet him down, but it got out there. It got a huge pop because, of course, it was in Chicago, and he's from Chicago. Oh. That would do it. Uh, we're joined this week, not by Derek Young. From K-State Online. This week, it's Mason Voth subbing in. Tag team partner. We talk cats with Mason Voth from K-State Online. Mason, we found out yesterday, because, you know, we've all seen the projections. K-State projected to go to the Pop-Tarts Bowl in, uh, in Orlando, Florida. The mascot will be edible. And the winning team <laughs> will get to take their bites out of the mascot. Question is, Mason, what should be the flavor of the edible pop tart mascot
1: i think for the edible mascot you have to go you have to go generic you got to go uh with with what i think of as being like the the original just main flavor of it i think you go strawberry i think that's a safe bet it's iconic the way it's frosted and looks i think you're probably going to get like the most universal approval on like flavor by players are like yeah, I'd eat idea strawberry pop tart. Because I think if you start to branch out, you have some that they get a little picky or they're not down for a certain ingredient. So I think it has to be strawberry. Uh, My pick, though, like personally, I would probably go s'mores. I think that's probably uh, what my favorite was growing up. Um, So, yeah, those are the two that I would give as options.
2: I'm not a Pop-Tart guy. I have not had one since I was a kid, so I don't have an opinion on this, but do you guys have a say?
0: Brandon floated the idea yesterday morning uh, on uh, the morning show that uh, that they would probably go brown sugar.
3: Which, it's just like, I mean, we're just, that's generic and crappy. I hate that one. Yeah. Yeah. But s'mores is my stuff. Dude, wait, Mason, do you like them toasted or just straight up, right out of the package?
1: Uh, I, always, I always toast mine. You toss them in the toaster. Mm-hmm. So I've never that's done that. I, when I was younger, it was just, you know, I raw dogged them, but <laughs> it's, it's toaster time now. So, uh, it, like, and now I, I, I feel like a snob, but I will not eat one if I, I don't throw it in the toaster. Ooh. So
2: Nice. Raw dog and Pop Tars. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> Ooh. That is a comedy bit for the future, I believe. Um, how is Baby Elliot doing?
1: Uh, let me tell you, today's been a trying time in uh, our relationship, and uh, but we're, we're making through. Uh, she's been pretty fussy today. She's had a lot of demands that I've had to meet, uh, mainly when she needs to eat, and we have not been able to go a minute past, but I think we're calmed down for the time being. She's sitting here in my arms staring at the ceiling fan, and uh, we're just going to hope that she doesn't freak out at any point uh, on this call.
2: You know, I cannot recall one time of the nine years I've been on this show that there has been a baby crying on the air.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for well, this to happen. Uh, <laughs> I, she might she might be content enough right now. I, the last two days, D.Y. and I have recorded some things, uh, like right after 3 o'clock after she'd eaten, and she did a good job for the most part of holding off. But towards the end, you could start to hear some sounds creeping in. I was like, <laughs> oh, gosh. You're really making this tough on me. So she's not she's not as bad as she could be. There are just some moments that they, uh, they're really not fun.
2: Well, K-State football lost uh, this past Saturday in the snow game at the Build. Iowa State 42-35. A real, I mean, just a crushing performance by – not a good way. It was a saddening, saddened, crushing performance by yeah. the K-State defense. Um, but you actually, at the end of the game – captured maybe one of the uh, more viral moments of that game, and that's Will Howard walking off the field for the final time. He looked emotional. And the video, I mean, it went viral through K-State Twitter. So how did you handle that moment? Did you keep it together?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I I kept it together. I was was more so focused on – I mean, I went over there and I was waiting, and at first I was like, well, let me find Chris Kleiman – and trying, but he was you know he's pretty stoic in that I so I was like, well, the next move is like where's will Howard, and I thought maybe Will and him would be near each other, but uh will was the last one to walk off the field, and so I was like, well, let's just start ripping away and shooting here and seeing what happens because I did have like in the back of my head the thought of like there might be something." dramatic in you know on his way off the field or something that people would like to see and i think it's good for people to see that because i mean at at various points of his career um there have been a lot of people that have not liked will howard and i think there are still people right now that don't like will howard and i i think that's why they needed to see that video is that he did a lot of good for k-state no matter what happened after saturday and what happened on saturday Will Howard cares a lot about K State himself, and you could you could see that in that video. That K State was an important place to him. He loved it, and he was cherishing it. Walking off, um, so I, I think it was. It's not just like a, you know good for people to see in terms of like oh like this is this is cool to see. I think it's good for people on the, the emotional side of it to understand that that guy that has had his ups and downs. He cared an awful lot about K State, just like you and me. And you, you at least have to respect him for that. You can, you can be critical to a fair point on his play at times. Now, I think a lot of the stuff has been unfair this year, um, but everything before, you know, this season and certainly before 2022 was was fair game. Um, but he never once didn't care about what happened at K State. He wanted to be successful here, and for the most part. He ended up being very successful and was, you know, all Big 12 quarterback this year on the second team.
2: I'll I'll kind of roll two questions in one um, here about Will Howard, and we talked about it more on Wildcat Inside with Wyatt. Surprised that Will Howard transferred or is going to enter the transfer portal? And is this the right thing for both sizes in K State and Will Howard's future?
1: Number one, not at all surprised that he entered the transfer portal. Uh, I think this is just one of those deals where, and this is kind of answering the second question, but this is one of those deals where I think he realized, and obviously K State knew that you're, they it was time to move to Avery Johnson. You you go with a guy for four years, things just get stale. You, you know, you think of how long Skylar Thompson was around, and Skylar was playing good football by the end of his career, but we had just kind of been fatigued of it. And there was – honestly, there should have been even less drama when Schuyler was here because the quarterbacks he was playing with were terrible. So, like, there was truly not a better option than Schuyler Thompson at any point in his career. Um, So, it's different with Will Howard because you have a guy that he's played in parts of four seasons. There have been some major ups and some major downs, and so that gets a lot of people throwing different types of emotions around. And then you have a guy like Avery Johnson waiting in the wings that – that, that's your guy. You want to maximize the amount of time that he can be on the field as your quarterback because he can do some really special things. And for a guy to do special things, you have to give him that opportunity. So I think it was one of those deals where K-State knew, okay, it's time to start the new era with Avery Johnson, and it's probably going to be his team next year regardless of what happened. And on Will Howard's side, he didn't want to have to come back. And even if he was going to be the starting quarterback to start the year, He doesn't want to have to deal with all the same stuff he went through this year of looking over his shoulder and going back and forth, and probably having guys in the locker room that were either a Will guy or an Avery guy. And I don't think that caused like major problems on the team this year. So I don't want anybody to take it that way. But it's only natural that some guys would favor one over the other. And that's going to just, you know, it's going to make it a little tricky in there. So I think it's good for everybody. And, you know, Will Howard can either go go pro after this season or he can go find a new home and my guess is that depending on what's out there for him transfer portal landing spot wise and nil wise then he'll probably decide if he wants to test the nfl waters or play another year of college football in the right position
2: Mason, both our guests from k-state online let's get you the updated uh k-state football players that have announced their intent to enter the transfer portal Quarterbacks: Will Howard, uh, Adrian Lara, and Jake Rubley. Wide receiver walk-on Shane Porter. Uh, freshman Wesley Watson is uh, going to be jumping into the portal. Running back Trayshawn Ward. Uh, corner Will Lee and Jordan Wright, who was a JUCO transfer. Uh, didn't really play much this year. Um, and then, of course, you know Will Lee. Was not going to be a starter next year, especially if Keenan Garber is going to come back. So, the more I thought about it, the more I, the less I'm surprised about that move. Anybody that I listed there, were you surprised to see jump into the portal?
1: No, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, Trayshawn Ward is probably the one that I had the biggest level of like uh, that kind of stinks in, just because um you know dj Giddens is a great running back he's clearly the number one going into next year and everything else but it was nice to have another running back on the team that if dj Giddens was having a down day you had somebody that could go out and be the lead back and could pick him up now you know they're going to have some okay pieces behind giddens next year but it's you you got to have dj Giddens on 100 percent of the time next season And I like the playmaking ability of Treshawn Ward. And I just don't think that you're going to find uh, a number two running back that has the ceiling on playmaking that Treshawn Ward had. I mean, he had the big run against KU this year that was huge. He was the only running back that found success at Texas Tech this season. He had his moments. And honestly, I think they probably should have considered using him a little bit more on Saturday because I think his skill set would have worked better in the snow where you're just hoping – that a guy can kind of slip past the defender and break a bigger one off. But uh, that's probably the one that I was most disappointed by. But that's clearly a guy, there's talent there. He can go to a power five, four, whatever you want to say, school, and be their main running back, probably command a little bit more in the NIL space. So I don't think that's one where there's going to be hard feelings all around. I think that's just like a generic casualty of the transfer portal era and NIL era in college sports right now is that, Trayshawn Ward is a very nice role player on K-State's roster, but he's not good enough to, you know, kick D.J. Giddens to the curb and sideline for a little bit. And so he's going to go somewhere else where he can have an elevated role. And he's got one year of eligibility left. These guys that only have one or two years left to play college football, nobody should fault them at all for going to somewhere where their role is going to expand. I mean, obviously the Porter family loves K-State, but – Shane Porter's probably thinking, you know, I'd rather go somewhere where I might be able to see the field other than trying to block punts in the near future. Or, you know, same type of deal for all the quarterbacks that have left. And you you can't blame them for that. Yeah, it puts K-State in a tough spot. But this is kind of the world that you live in now in college sports. And if the coaches didn't see that coming, that's their fault. But the good news for anybody out there that's worried, they clearly did see it coming. That's why they added a guy like Jacob Knuth as a walk-on last year from Minnesota when he transferred. And now, you know, he'll likely end up on scholarship and be the number two. Uh, It's because they knew that they likely were going to have three quarterbacks leave the roster after the season. So the foresight is there, and I don't think that this staff is overwhelmed by anything that has come their way yet. K-State's never really had a curveball moment in the transfer portal era in basketball or football that should spin everything on its head. Nigel Pack is the closest you've come, but that was like a total program reset. It would have been awesome if Nigel Pack stuck around last year, but it worked out for the better that he didn't because Marquise Noel immediately became a better college player than what Nigel Pack ever has been or will be. And I don't know that Noel reaches his peak with that, and obviously you want guys that want to be here. Nigel Pack didn't want to be, and Marquise Noel didn't work out. I think we're seeing the same thing in football k-state hasn't had that oh man how do we lose that guy this sucks moment and i don't think that's going to happen this year or anytime in the near future
2: mason Voth from k-state align our guests we'll take a break when we come back one more question in football it has to do with avery johnson and then we'll dip into some k-state basketball pros and cons from the win over or roberts last night more with mason after the break on the game Hour one of the game, Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G., and Travion Birkeland wearing a KISS hoodie today. Mason Voth from, e- uh, from K-State Online excuse me, joins us via the Zoom. Mason, one more question about the Cats, and that's moving forward with football and the bowl game. If it is Pop-Tarts, or wherever they go, Pop-Tarts is right now the favorite. Um, but uh, it's now Avery Johnson's team. It's now, the reins are now in his hands. He is in control, a quarterback for the foreseeable future. I just want to know what you look forward to the most about him getting his first official start, either from a coaching standpoint or from his skill set. What stands at the top of what you want to see?
1: I think I'm just ready to see a, a game that gets called by Colin Klein with Avery Johnson as his quarterback where you know that Avery Johnson is your only option there, and so the plays you're going to run are to set up the entire game, and not just little things that you're you're trying to execute to the precise amount of his skill set. And I, I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is obviously getting to put the ball in the air more. How do you how does the flow of the game look, and also kind of what the run breakdown is for Avery Johnson? I mean i I don't think that obviously he can run a lot, but I don't think K-State's going to want their identity with Avery Johnson just to be that they run, 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 run with him. Um, so I, just the balance and how they're able to operate with those two guys now uh, as the the leaders of the offense, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And also probably uh, which receivers get involved a little bit more. I think that uh, there will be some some connections that we see that, that work out in that favor. Obviously, we know Jace Brown has a good one with Avery Johnson already. Um, so just kind of looking forward to seeing – If there are any of of the young guys that get some more opportunities in the bowl game than uh, what they did over the course of the season.
2: Oh, I'd put money down right now. Jace Brown will be the leading receiver in the bowl game.
1: Uh, That sounds like probably a pretty safe bet. (laughs) Unless unless Keegan Johnson just busts out uh, and and all it took was Avery being the quarterback. But uh, I think it probably would be Jace Brown.
2: Well, hey, if Avery Johnson can get uh, Keegan Johnson going, more power to him. Uh, by the way, Avery Johnson, honorable mention, offensive freshman of the year in the Big 12, uh, mm. releasing their all Big 12 uh, honors today. Nice. So, true freshman who scored five rushing touchdowns against Texas Tech, getting the nod from uh, most likely Joey McGuire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Cause I thought the, I thought the same thing about Seth Porter, Seth Porter got, um, honorable mention special teams player of the year, which shout out to him. Good for him to get a, a vote or a couple of votes, but I'm like, if there was one coach that gave, gave him the nod, I think it was the Houston game. He had like four special teams tackles on kickoff against the, the Houston Cougars, if I'm not mis- mistaken. Um, okay. Basketball. I, I figured, Mason, you'd be a little bit of opinionated about this one because it's an all Roberts Yeah, I think
1: I'm going to be the only person <laughs> in Manhattan or the extended area that gives you a real answer and gives you the right answer on what went down last night. I, oh. let me, I'll just throw it out there before you even have to set it up real quick, Mitch. <laughs> I am so sick of how brainwashed everybody is that they can't be slightly critical of the basketball team. Jerome Tang exudes positivity. And it's good that everybody is on board and loves and supports this team, as you should. Okay. But even Jerome Tang admitted last night that there were flaws with, with what went down. I am I am on edge about what I've seen with just, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal that you went to overtime with Oral Roberts. This is not Oral Roberts of the last two years. This Oral Roberts team is not very good. You should not be going to overtime and flirting with a loss to this ORU team at home. It's good that they won. Maybe they'll learn from it. There are pieces that are coming. But as it stands right now, there are flaws and there are signs that we should be slightly concerned about this K-State basketball team. Listen, the I'll floor be the is first. yours, man. Take be- your show
2: back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, I got, we got about four minutes left. I was just going to let you go with what you want to say. Yeah. Um, but I, I listen, even Mitch Palm, Mitch Palm will be the first to admit, had it wrong about all Roberts yesterday. Mitch Palm had a 30-point win, saw some of the, the percentages and thought it may be just, at best, an average team, but maybe they play actually to the caliber of their opponent a little bit. Uh, Isaac McBride is incredibly talented, who scored 25 points and was a killer at the that, hoop in the second half. It was so good. Okay, outside of that, you have three minutes. Say what you want to say.
1: Look, I'll, I'll say it in a much nicer format since I've got some time here now. Uh, look, I just think that if you look at this team, they take their foot off the gas a lot more than other teams we've seen. They had moments last night where they were up double digits, and it seemed like they were pulling away, and then they just can't keep going with the intensity. They don't stay locked in. I don't think this is a very basketball smart team right now. Um, th- this feels like a lot of guys that have played a lot of basketball in their life, but haven't watched a lot of basketball. And I think that's a pretty key part of knowing the game and being good at it is at least seeing and kind of knowing how to react. Steam is struggling with that right now. And in moments where things get a little hairy, they don't have a true go-to guy. K-State had that last year with Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. Right now you have a lot of guys that are trying to figure out what's the role, what's the opportunity. I think Tyler Perry's probably the best option in that because that's essentially what he was at North Texas. But it's, it's a step up playing Big 12 basketball, and you haven't even played a Big 12 game yet. But I think that they have a lot of guys that are, are probably solid number twos or number threes, and they need that mentality of a number one. But they also have to do it in a smart way. And I just that goes back to I think they're, they're a little slow processing the basketball side of this right now. And that's a little bit concerning as well as just, you know, everything else that, that goes in with it. They, look, until last night, I had been positive about this team. I, I felt pretty negative and pretty down going into the season. I was like, I don't know that I see it. But the first handful of games, I was like, actually, you know, th- this has been better than I thought. Some guys have played better than I expected. I was not freaking out over, you know, off games from Tyler Perry. Uh, I, st- I still really like Tyler Perry. Um, more than what some are, but I I just think that last night showcased a lot of concerns and uh, going to overtime with Oral Roberts, it's just it's not a great look. I I get it. You're not going to win every bye game by 35 points. That is 100% true, but I just saw a lot of like no big deals or almost moral victory type stuff last night from, oh, actually, this this overtime win, that's going to be good for this team in the future. Uh, the one against Providence probably, but the one against ORU, that mm, should make you a little bit concerned there. And, again, this is not Oral Roberts that went to the Sweet 16 or 130 games last year. Max Asmus is gone. Connor Vanover is gone. Paul Mills is coaching Wichita State now. Yes, they have some guys, but this is college basketball. Everybody has some guys. But you K-State. You're supposed to have dudes. And last night it took over 40 minutes for the dudes to finally show up and put a bad basketball team away. So I, I just I think we need to make sure that because Jerome Tang and his staff are so good about rallying people together and getting positivity flowing through, you can be critical and negative at times when it is deserved. And last night it was deserved, but I saw people acting like, you know, this is no big deal. Oh, that, that Oral Roberts team isn't so bad. Look, they may end up being fine, but as it's currently going, Oral Roberts has not played great this season. Um, So I I don't know what else to say other than I had a much different look on last night's game than it seems like everybody else did. Um, This almost almost feels like in politics, sometimes people, like, you know, they're really into one politician, and then all of a sudden, like, they're, like, speaking for that politician – like, I, and this is again, this is not to be like, I'm not trying to turn this political, but <laughs> the greatest example of this is during COVID when you have a Republican president and Donald Trump who gave credit to Democratic governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly, for how she handled some COVID things. Then I hear everybody still hating on Laura Kelly. I'm like, well, if the guy that you're following along with there is, you know, and, and we see this in everything. So I just think we have seen the Jerome Tang mindset and positivity level. It's gone to everybody. It's not a bad thing that it has, but you know, hopefully the blinders can be taken off still and, and you, can, you can see the flaws and be critical because that's how you get better. And I think Jerome Tang and his staff are doing that because I don't think Jerome Tang was taking that approach last night, and I don't think he will. I, I think he has the right temperament as a head coach where he can be the fun leader for the fans, but when it gets down to business, He can get after his team, and I believe that he's probably been doing that uh, after last night's game. So uh, I'm not overly worried about this team. I don't want anybody to confuse that. But last night was a bad performance. It doesn't look good. They have some issues to address, and here's the hoping that they get them figured out by the time – You start playing some tougher competition because you got less than a week until that happens with Villanova coming to town.
0: One of the things that stood out to me, and and Mitch, you better than me to judge this. uh, How did you see first half three point shooting for Oral Roberts? I saw someone mention wide open. The threes were wide open, that there wasn't a hand in the face.
2: I mean, it was late. If it was contended, it was late. Got it. Okay. Uh, You know, they did a good job of, you know, K State was much better against the three pointer in the second half, but they started then scoring inside at Oral Roberts. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been pretty vocal about how I feel about the defense. I, you know, The defense has got to get better. Still working. It's got to get better, for sure. All right, Mason, we got to let you go because Mitch Holtis is uh, going to be calling in soon. I want to thank you for your time, and we'll see you, um, I don't know, I'll see you when I see you, I guess, at a K-State game <laughs> soon.
1: Yeah, you'll see me next Tuesday.
2: All right, for the Vanilla Nova game? Yep. All right, Mason, talk to you later.
1: We'll see
2: you guys. That is Mason Voth from K State Online. We'll talk more about Cats or Roberts at five ten. We'll talk more all Big Twelve football honors at five twenty five. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtz, coming up next. We're back. The game on K-Man. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G, and Travion Birkland. Hour number two, we'll get more on, uh, we'll talk more on K-State beating Orr Roberts in overtime. All Big 12 football honors announced earlier today, but we now turn our attention to the pro ranks. Kansas City Chiefs 8-3 after a 21-17 loss to the Eagles, but then a get-right game. They win in Vegas over the Raiders 31-17 this past sunday now joined by the voice of the chiefs mitch holtis mitch good to talk to you again before we get to kansas city k-state just had a snow game and i I do not remember a game ever like that in my life as a k-state fan do you have any memorable snow games from your
4: past well i have a k-state game we were at iowa state interestingly enough but it was way back when weber was quarterbacking and the wind was blowing out of the north that stadium has no windbreak uh and it was like a 40-mile-an-hour wind. The whole game was played between like midfield and the 30-yard line with the way the wind was blowing. It ended up being a 7-7 tie. It was just a mess. They played the thing in a blizzard. And, but I, That's a game that comes to mind as I was. I didn't get to watch the game. Uh, we had to entertain a group of chiefs, sweet holders, and sponsors. So I'm trying to follow it on my phone and thinking – how many big plays can you give up like a 77 a 71 a 91 a 69 and like then i went back and saw the highlights and watched some of it and it's like yeah tackle somebody and i know the injury situation was tough on defense but i thought the snow would actually help k state it helped iowa state uh helped abu for sure but uh, just very disappointing but excited they were beaten they had, had a chance to beat kansas and and uh, hopefully you don't transfer today, but uh, we're good.
2: I, I don't plan on going anywhere. I just want to
4: thank k for everything they've done. And just <laughs> the ball. With that said. Well, we did
2: just have a GM that- change, so I, you know.
4: Oh, well, I saw. I know. you new GMs, like, big time. I've got his rookie card. He, yeah. It's just handling the salary cap now that he's got the challenge. Yeah, did he's you? Like, God, how do I handle all these divas and these personalities and salaries?
2: We got a lot of egos now at this radio station. You have no idea, Mitch.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you somebody's got to restructure their contract to get under the cap. But uh, Matt can do it if anybody can. I'm excited for him. It's great. You guys have a you got an awesome future, and there's a real tempo and rhythm to it, now. that's cool.
2: Well, I want to jump to uh, the, this past Sunday's game against the Raiders because, I, I mean, after the last couple of games, the game in Germany and then the loss of the Eagles, the, the offense was not scoring any points in the second half. There was a lot of criticism, again, towards the wide receivers. But Rashi Rice, 170 yards, a touchdown. He had eight catches in the game on Ted targets. He had that 39-yard touchdown on a, on a catch and run. You know, he he's been pretty solid this year, but did his status take another jump up, like another peg up after that performance?
4: I think there's a greater good to this game that goes beyond rice. Now let's let's take him kind of an order here. But one was the fact to be down fourteen and win by fourteen is the old nineteen through twenty two Chiefs, right? That's how they won two Super Bowls or games like that. And to take the best punch the Raiders had in a salvo and then come right back and you know, wipe them out is a great sign for the greater good here to, to finish strong and take him into the Green Bay week. Uh, and then two, Rice. But it's not just the eight for 107 for a touchdown. So to answer your question, yes. But if we look at kind of how and why and where he did it, it's even more important. To get the opening touchdown drive, he has to, they have to have a third and eight catch for 10 from him to keep the, you know, instead of settling for a field goal and being down 14-3, getting it to 14-7, that was big. Two, the first drive of the third quarter, we really hadn't talked about this, was for five weeks the main tumor for this team. They would have blown out four teams and probably beaten Denver, but the first possession of the third quarter became problematic. And, uh, I mean, you are on the verge of blowing out the Eagles or dominating the Eagles, and the Eagles go three and out in their first possession, third quarter, and the Chiefs' first possession ends up being a hole behind the chains. Anyway, the greater good here is they get a touchdown on that first drive of the third quarter, five runs, five passes. But the big play is a 19-yard play from Mahomes to Rashi Rice where he has to adjust. It's a side adjustment by him where, as Coach mentioned this week, a little more Patrick Friendly. He was able to adjust his route, get in Patrick's vision, and make a play that Kelsey makes all the time. The third thing that I think is important to see here is possibly a greater good. As the smoke cleared on the Raiders game, you see the development of a triangle. And that is you've got Pacheco as a runner and a receiver. You've got, obviously, Kelsey as a tight end. And now if Rice becomes consistent at wide receiver Now, Coach Reed can do a lot of great things with that triangle and then add the others as compliments, Noah Gray, uh, the other receivers, Justin Watson. But a triangle that becomes something you can really sink your teeth into becomes very similar to what K-State had, I thought, last year in 2022 when you had Deuce and Senate, And then the receiver wasn't there as much, but kind of collected. But you see what I'm saying. The, The good NFL teams offensively, that can attack these modern-day defenses are those that have that triangle of an RB, tight end, wide receiver.
2: Speaking with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Big news yesterday. As we uh, kind of look ahead now, the big news, and this is a name that you said, watch out. He's going to get his moment sooner or later. His moment's going to come. As we talked, the Cats at training camp, Felix and DK Uzama, but also Echo Boydo. He almost made the team, but he was left off the 53-man roster right at the final cut date. And now he's been called up to the 53-man roster. Now, is this more of a, of a special teams role, or are we going to actually see him play a little bit of corner?
4: Well, I'm like a politician. If I'm right, <laughs> then I say, remember when I said, hey. Because uh, I remember he was initially cut. I said, stay tuned.
2: Because yeah.
4: I knew he was going to the practice squad. And if he makes the practice squad, who knows? And let's all remember here now, Boydow wasn't even an undrafted free agent. He was part of the rookie tryout where it's like the, uh, the movie, like the Dennis Quaid movie where everybody shows up with their cleats and tries out for the team. And, and he makes the team, uh, or at least makes the, yeah, he made the team at the time, the 90-man roster, showing up in his car and say, hey, can I have a tryout? That's what makes this really a cool story. Um, and then being a Lawrence High product and being a K-State star makes it a great story. But I think it to answer your question, giving you a long answer, is that I think it starts with special teams, but could eventually evolve into a dime role. When they go to, they play a lot of dime. They're second in the league in play dime. But most of the time, their dime is three safeties, three corners. But they, if they go to four corners, you could see him being the guy. Uh, so I'm very excited for him and his family. He's earned this, and he's come from below the ground to get to where he's at right now. It's pretty exciting.
2: Have you caught yourself looking ahead at the last six games of this regular season, and do you feel like this is a very favorable schedule for Kansas City as they're trying to get that one seed in the AFC?
4: Can't do it. You can't do it. I, I do. Yes, answer your question, but I hate to admit it because you just can't do that. Uh, you, this. If you heard the start of the game against the Raiders in my game day setup and I put on Twitter, Clark Griswold trying to get the lights to go, right? I said the AFC is like your Clark Griswold getting at his Christmas lights and it's all tangled up and it takes you half the day to untangle your light bulbs before you can even put them up. And that's the way the AFC is. The Chiefs, if they win on Sunday night, can get right back to the one seed. Uh, And because uh, Baltimore's not playing, neither is Buffalo, they'll have two weeks to get ready for us. But it, it honestly, and this sounds so coachy, but I think in the AFC, especially this year, and the one seed is such a big deal now with 17 games. And you saw what happened last year where the Chiefs didn't have to beat Buffalo and Cincinnati. Those two, one of those two, eliminate each other. Get to the one seat's huge. But uh, no, you cannot look ahead. You just get a Green Bay's the only game that will ever happen in the history of the world.
2: Well, for those that don't know, the rest of the schedule is the Packers, Bills, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers. Nobody has a winning record, other than the Bills are at five hundred. Yeah. Uh, Packers are at five and six. I love actually asking once in a while, Mitch, of like the uh, the accommodations for the road radio crew. How is Lambeau Field?
4: Love it, but it's more than that. It, it seriously. Let's say that there's a game at the Bill, but you're driving in from Riley. And you're going to go through Keats. You're not even going to go, like, 24. You're going to take the Riley County Road. So imagine that if you're staying at some Airbnb and you're on five buses with a police escort going, why do we even need the police escort to get through Keats? So that's what this is. We stay in Appleton, and you drive a half hour through corn and soybean fields that are harvested, obviously, now, and they'll be covered in snow. But it's a 30-minute drive. That's my favorite in the league. Second favorite. My favorite is anytime I go to a GHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> and then you can see it from like 10 miles away. It's like being in Western Kansas. Where you see the lights of the county seat 20 minutes away, and you see Lambeau lit up on a like this instance on a Sunday night, and it's it's there as some kind of mecca. And then you get there, and you just the place reeks of all the history. Yeah. Uh, I always do field pass, and I'll go down to the one yard line where Snar, Star snuck it in on the coldest day ever. But uh, no, it's it's incredible. It's other than the, the home games, this is my favorite venue to do a game uh, in the NFL.
2: Well, Mitch, we actually got a run. Can you in thirty seconds give us a, a key to this Packers game?
4: Yeah, get Love off the mark and don't let him get started. Uh, he's man, he's so divergent. Uh, wins and losses. I mean, he's. He's got 19 touchdowns and 10 picks. He's 9 over 10 in losses, and hes I don't think he's thrown a pick and a win. I, in a win. Yeah, so you've got to get him off the mark. You can't let him start like they did against Detroit.
2: Packers have won three of their last four. This might be a tricky time to get Green Bay. Mitch, really appreciate your time. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you, boys. That's the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, here on the game. Yeah, Packers have won three of the last four, and Jordan Love is playing pretty well, if you guys yeah.
0: have.
4: I, I
2: haven't really paid attention much to the Packers well, this Thanksgiving year.
0: Day was just stellar.
2: I mean, that was a big shocker. It really was. The way they worked mm-hmm. Detroit like they did in Detroit. Yep. I didn't see it coming. I would have never projected that the Packers would go there and beat a Lions team that only had two losses. Right?
3: DraftKings, I avoid the Packers.
2: <laughs> Every time I
3: bet against them, they win. When I when I'm like, oh, they're, they should, they're definitely going to lose. Come up with a win.
2: By the way, the AFC picture right now for the final six games is like the Big Twelve standings. Baltimore at nine and three. Then you have a three way tie for second with the Chiefs, Jaguars, and Dolphins. Luckily for Kansas City, they have the same tiebreaker now as the Big 12. They've beaten Jacksonville and Miami. So they have the tiebreaker yeah. over uh, those two, but they want that one seed. But right now, the Baltimore Ravens are ahead by a game and then tied for fifth. The Steelers and Browns doesn't make sense either to me this no. year. No, nope.
0: no, And then the Colts.
2: The Colts How? also in the uh, in the picture <laughs> as well.
0: Parody, baby, parody.
2: Cats beat Ole Roberts, in overtime. we'll react when we come back for Hour 2. Local news.